I'm Ben Schleif, and in this episode of A Pushing History, I will be comparing and contrasting multiple abolitionists from the 19th century. We will explore their different approaches to combating slavery in the United States prior to the passing of the 13th Amendment. Abolitionism was a fight against slavery in which African Americans began progressing towards social justice, racial equality, and economic justice goals within the United States. There are many white men that also fought for the cause of anti-slavery. Abolitionism is a fight for black people to be recognized as people rather than as property or slaves. Beginning in the 19th century, enslaved African Americans and free African Americans began to assert their humanity and demand their natural rights, such as Frederick Douglass did in his 4th of July speech. Abolitionists were the first people to use logic against the wrongs of slavery. They made it clear of their feelings that all men were created equal and that society should reflect this idea. William Lloyd Garrison, a prominent abolitionist in the 19th century, he did not become aware of abolitionism until he was introduced to the cause by Benjamin Lundy in 1828. Garrison took a job working for Mr. Lundy's paper, Genius of Emancipation, and his role in the abolitionist cause only grew from there. Garrison became a member of the American Colonization Society in 1830, but quickly realized this group was not as helpful to African Americans as it seemed. Garrison rejected the society and was inspired to start The Liberator, a newspaper that spoke of his abolitionist ideals in 1831. It was in his newspaper that Garrison's drive for abolitionism began to grow. In fact, in his very first edition of his paper, Garrison stated, I do not wish to think or speak or write with moderation. I am in earnest. I will not equivocate. I will not excuse. I will not retreat a single inch, and I will be heard. He made sure that his voice was heard. Garrison widely expressed his feelings that all slaves across the U.S. should be emancipated. Of course, this was not met openly by most whites in both the South and the North. They felt that even if it could be agreed upon to free all the slaves, there would be no place for the slaves to fit into society. Garrison remained true to his ideals and reminded the people of the natural rights stated in the Constitution, that all men, not just white men, have the natural-born right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Garrison believed that the Constitution was pro-slavery, but still wished for equal rights for all men. Some began to adopt Garrison's ways, and in 1832, he helped set up the New England Anti-Slavery Society, followed by the American Anti-Slavery Society in 1833. These organizations helped spread the idea of immediate emancipation. Garrison also made it clear that he did not want politics to take over these societies. He allowed whites, blacks, and even women to take part in these anti-slavery societies. Many members of this society disagreed with Garrison on multiple ideas. Frederick Douglass, a subscriber to the Liberator and a fellow abolitionist, was one of these people. Frederick Douglass was a second abolitionist who brings a different perspective into abolitionism. He greatly impacted the abolitionist movement in the 19th century. Douglass was born into slavery in Maryland, but escaped when he was a teenager in 1838. Douglass went to Britain and Ireland for a short time and gained many supporters there. In 1847, Douglass came back to America a free man because of his British supporters, who helped raise money to buy his freedom. When he got back, Douglass began to write and publish his own newsletter called The North Star. He subscribed to William Wood Garrison's The Liberator. Both were very close for a time after they met at an abolitionist meeting, and ever since, Garrison supported Douglass and they made speeches together. 
Douglas talked a lot about the hypocrisy of the white man. He speaks on the fact that African Americans are human too, and their natural rights should be preserved also. One of his many famous speeches was the 4th of July speech, where he talks about how the white man gave no respect or care for the black people. For example, here's a quote from his 4th of July speech. What to the American slave is your 4th of July? I answer, a day that reveals to him, more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is in the constant victim. To him, your celebration is a sham, your boasted liberty and unholy license, your national greatness, swelling vanity, your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless, your denunciations of tyrants, brass-fronted impudence, your shouts of liberty and equality, hollow mockery, your prayers and hymns, your sermons and thanksgivings, with all your religious parade and solemnity, are to him more bombast, fraud, deception, impiety, and hypocrisy, a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. One thing about Douglas was that he never condoned violence. He was a strong believer in peaceful protest and never harming anyone in his cause. But some other abolitionists went on another path, for example, David Walker. David Walker was an extremely radical free African-American abolitionist who urged slaves to fight for their freedom. He was a black radical who believed violence was the best way to combat slavery. He believed that the only way for slavery to end was for the white race to be pushed into extinction. His ideals were very controversial and unpopular, for obvious reasons, but this was clearly in the most radical form of abolitionism during the 19th century, and in some cases can be seen in our society today. Slave masters controlled their slaves through violence and fear, and David Walker also believed that this was the only way to stop slavery. He believed that fear and violence was the only way to incite change. Although Walker felt strongly about his views of abolitionism, he never actually committed any acts of violence. He was never a slave, but Walker still argued that only African Americans were considered lesser beings. He brought up feats that the people of ancient Africa achieved, proving that African Americans weren't useless and brutes. He mentioned the fact that every other ethnicity, race, and religion are considered men and human but African Americans were subhuman and property to the white man. Walker would later publish a literary work called David Walker's Appeal, in which he talks about these problems. His writings were banned in the South, and he was wanted by many people because of his atrocities and treason against the South. David Walker mysteriously died one day, and many people believed it was an assassin who poisoned him. Though historians believed it was tuberculosis that killed him, the people weren't far-fetched in believing that he was murdered. For example, Elijah Lovejoy was an abolitionist who was shot and killed by a pro-slavery mob because of his writings that talked about the sinister acts of slavery. A lot of abolitionists were wanted because of their ideals. Even William Garrison was wanted by the state of South Carolina. The South was constantly trying to silence abolitionists because they didn't want people protesting slavery and because they didn't want the slaves themselves to try and start fighting and revolting for their rights as humans. Fighting for freedom of slaves was a dangerous job because the South was afraid of the effects that would happen because of their writings. Many abolitionists knew this, but still forgot, still fought because they were determined for justice. 
The beliefs of Walker and Garrison seemed similar, but the fact that Garrison was an anti-union compared to the fact that Walker wanted the extinction of whites. They both were saying that they wanted to be completely separate from the other side, but as we go deeper into the basis of Garrison's belief, we begin to see the differences between his approach and Walker's approach. In his paper, Garrison criticized the Constitution, calling it a pro-slavery document multiple times. Writing his paper caused Garrison to realize that greater reform was needed to organize the abolitionist movement into a uniform and universal movement. He would later become one of the leading founders of the American Anti-Slave Society and the New England Anti-Slavery Society, two groups created to spread abolitionist ideas both nationally and at a state level. However, Garrison was a pacifist, and this created problems for him when it came time to act politically. This is where he greatly differs from David Walker. In fact, his pacifist ways caused him to lose many of his supporters because he constantly published works about what should be done rather than taking action. This is opposed to David Walker who felt it was essential for violence to be used in order to gain freedom and equality for slaves. Garrison stood out because he was not pro-union. He felt that the union should be destroyed altogether and that the free states and the slave states should be made separate from each other. As the Civil War came about in 1861, he stayed true to his criticism of the Constitution in his newspaper. Garrison continued using his newspaper to endorse other abolitionists, such as Abraham Lincoln, and to criticize slavery supporters. He lived to see the passing of the 13th Amendment and, uh, and outlawing of slavery across the United States before his death in 1879. One may ask, how did Garrison's approach differ from Douglas's? Yet, Garrison's belief in anti-union was a major difference between the two. Douglas wanted to live in peace with the whites and wanted blacks to have freedom and rights since he believed that was the greatest thing a human can have. But Garrison felt that the North should leave the Union because the South did not respect African Americans as people. Douglas's more civil approach helped him become more popular and even become the first black man to be elected vice president. He was for all the people and his speeches were ideas appealed to everyone. Most people could get behind it. Douglas and Garrison were two of, if not the best, abolitionists during this time. And is there differences that make each of them unique in their own way of combating slavery? These men have all greatly impacted the abolitionist movement in the United States prior to and during the passing of the 13th Amendment. All of their efforts had a great impact on the abolishing of slavery in one way or another. Whether it was extremely radical root of David Walker and his suggestion of exterminating the white race, or the calmer approach of William Lloyd Garrison, who wrote deeply about how the Constitution was a corrupt slavery document, or even the pacifist approach of Frederick Douglass, who remained at peace with all the whites despite once being a slave. All three of these abolitionists shaped abolitionism and became foundations for this movement, creating a basis for a national war that would take place over these same principles.